This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Eno Saris, how are you, my friend? Good. Are you guys cold? No, actually, it's... um. I don't find it that bad, but then again, I've been playing golf in the Bay Area every day where it's been cold, so this has been like what I've been dealing with. For these guys, the though. The commander's got a puffy jacket on. I, 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 I was, you know, I, was, I made the joke. I was just in Pittsburgh for five days. It was 20 degrees. It was not windy there like it is here. I can't believe the weather right <laughs> it here. Is not, it, this is not bad at all. Are you kidding me? Why is, it, why is it the guy from California is not soft and the guy from Pennsylvania, he acts like he's Nanook of the North here? Yeah, it's got a, he's got a, like a, a, a snow. You, you think we're like in Salt Lake City and t- or, or skiing? Or whatever. I, mean, I mean, we're not that far from Sedona. It's snowing we're there. We're in Vail, Colorado and skiing for God's Tahoe. Soft. Oh, I gotta call my mom. It's snowing in Sedona. All right, so it's a little cold. Is it snowing in Sedona? They showed. I saw it on Instagram or something. There was like snow there. The I'm supposed day. to play golf Sunday in Sedona. Is- Hold on, I'll check the weather while you guys do this. All right, all right. Um, my first big question for you, actually, it's a two part, because we were in Gilbert, Arizona last night, and the downtown still has all the Christmas lights up. A bunch of people still have their Christmas lights. This was January 10th. My question for you, how late can you rock the Christmas lights before you have to go, bro, you got to take them down? We have like, we like make a big deal out of it and do it before they go back to school. So it's always the first week of January. Okay. But I, for your neighbors, at what point do you have to go to your neighbor and go, it's t- you got to take them down? I, you know, I, I appreciate, like, we live in one of those neighborhoods where they kind of go all out for Halloween. There's like, we have a neighbor who has like a whole pirate ship, like, like literally like almost like a life-size pirate ship. So like they, I almost feel like people should have lights that are up all season and you could change the colors. (laughs) Well, they do do that. It's going to cost you about 3,500. They'll come put them on your house and you're going (laughs) to, they change for Valentine's day. They can do exactly. My wife looked into it, but, um, at some point, though, the Christmas stuff's got to come down. I, I mean, I think we're I, I for me, we're approaching it because Christmas is is such a like you blast open the presents. I got these young kids, you know, like it's it's such like an orgy of capitalism. And then, like, I kind of want to I'm already I'm the dad who's like already cleaning up as they're like taking. Oh, presents. yeah. You're that guy. <laughs> All right. The number two is so, when do you I'm st- cool. Like they should be down by now. I when, when, when do you stop saying Happy New Year? Oh, man. Because uh, yeah. I could have said Happy New Year, but it's January 11th. Yeah. 
you got to stop by the end of January at least. <laughs> Larry David says after three days it's done. On after Curb January third, it was January third. No more happy. I think it was January third. No more Happy New Year. I kind of agree with that. All one. right, you know. So it's been a As long. As I get older, I get more Larry David like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's really George Costanza. Larry David is yeah, like right. the real George Costanza. Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's been a while. It's been, I mean, we're talking for the first time, and we're on for the first time since the winter meetings in Nashville. Uh, not a ton has gone on, but really the the interesting thing for me that has happened, and it's really tough, I think, for a lot of the baseball media to wrap their arms around it, is when you look at the moves by the Dodgers – um, the Dodgers were smart all along with their Time Warner deal, and it, it looked like a bad deal early because so many people didn't get to watch their games. But they said, don't worry, long-term it's going to be big, and it has been. And at the same time, you got teams in their division, the Padres, the D-backs, the Rockies. They don't even have cable deals anymore. Uh, the Giants, they still have a cable deal. They just can't give anybody any money. Um Really, it's 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 funny to look at our game to see how our game is moving forward, and all the moves are being made, and it's a lot about cable money. Yeah, and I think that the teams that are doing well now and are, are have some money to spend and are, are and feel a little better about their financial futures are the teams that you know, like uh, with A's cast, like went out and like you know thought of new ways to do things. So the Chicago Cubs just took Shota Imanaga from basically the Giants. Um, and it wasn't a huge outlay, but it could go up to 80 million if, if he's a good pitcher uh, with all the options and stuff. And, you know, the and they're outspending, uh, you know, people that like the Arizona Diamondbacks who like don't know what their deal is. Like the yeah. Arizona Diamondbacks got taken over by MLB Network. Uh, and MLB, you know, did their production on their TV. Well, the Cubs you know, had to go through a couple years of austerity where people say, you need to be spending more than this. And they say, well, we just started up our own TV network. And like, we need to get that on, like we, they were trying to get that on, on the ground during, during the pandemic. So like they did that work and they get to kind of reap the rewards. So the teams that are doing the best are the teams like the Mets, the Yankees, uh, the Cubs, the, the teams that like came up with an alternate reality in terms of just I need to go to Bally's or I need to go to Comcast and get and, and depend on that money. That's like you're depending on somebody else's on some other arrangement that's depending on cable, which already we've seen from the numbers. People are cutting cable in droves. So, um, you know, I think it, it did. It did help the Dodgers and other teams to have some foresight. The Dodgers also are, did some really creative accounting. Um, you know, with uh, Yamamoto, with uh, a lot of their guys, Mookie Betts, a hundred million of that is deferred. Uh, you know, with uh, Shohei Otani, it's a, it's a ridiculous amount. It's like six hundred and eighty million of that is deferred. Um, and uh, it, it, the reason that deferring makes sense is twofold. You uh, not only is money later worth less than money now because of inflation, um, but also uh, you know part of the reason why the giants have had a difficult time bringing people in is because of uh the taxes in california and so what uh there's an interesting piece that's that's been out but it's the, the most interesting thing about otani's contract to me is in essence it's a tax dodge because he's going to get you know 690 million dollars of this after he leaves california like he can he can receive that money 
somewhere else. He could receive it in Texas, Florida, Japan, wherever it is, and not pay the California state income tax on it. Um, and so I've, I've been telling people with the Giants, like they need to come up with something like that where they give a huge signing bonus or they put the money on the, on the back end. Um, and the Dodgers just went out and had a little bit of ingenuity when it came to the type of contract. That's interesting. About. I'm going to have to talk to my tax guy about that. He, I mean, you're not going to dodge all of it. Now, because I don't know, a lot of people don't know this. California won this in Supreme Court. They can tax anybody anywhere in the world. Yeah. California can literally go to, like, you leave California, you're still going to get bills from them. Now, it depends, like, there's there's a lot of tax loopholes and stuff like that. But California have won the right in court be, to be able to tax you anywhere in the world if they've deemed you profited off the state. It's crazy. So I bet you they, I, I bet you this becomes a, a, a deal. This deal totally. in particular, money deal, becomes something they fight over. Yes, because you're paying almost, if, if you are in that tax bracket in California, your state taxes is almost 14%. And, and I've been but trying the, to say it, and people, oh, they're rich. I'm like, baseball fans who are not rich don't understand that guys don't want to be taxed that much playing games in California. And guys will go play somewhere else if the money is apples to apples. You know, they yeah. people used to think, well, it's the Bay Area. Why wouldn't you want to live here? Well, I'll go live in Arlington, Texas, and make millions more because I'm not getting taxed I, the same. I think that's a big thing that's underlying. They're, they're like, oh, San Francisco. People want to live in San Francisco. I'm like, no. I mean, it's an expensive city like any other. You know, it has its ups and downs like any other. I think a lot of it's taxes, man. If you're going to get two of the same deals, you know, and one's going to be in Texas, one's going to be in Florida, you're going to take that other deal. So, um, you know, I, I think that's a big part of it. And, uh, you know, but the, the precedent is you get paid, you get a game check, right? Like you get a weekly, you get a, you get your, you get a weekly check, you know, that's how you get paid and you get you, the taxes are, it's really complicated for a player. You get taxed based on where you played that week. So every p baseball player does pay some taxes to California because oh, they, yeah. Anytime they're in California and they get a game check, like, you know, some of that goes to California. Yeah, what you have to think about is if you're a San Francisco Giant, right? Let's say you're a Giant. You're going to play games in L.A. You're going to play games in San Diego. You're going to play games in Oakland. You're going to play games in Anaheim. So it's not just 81. It's yeah, like it's all the other games you, know? you play. I mean, especially if you're in the NL West, you've got – you know, you've got – if you're a team in the you – know, if you play in the NLS, you're going to play two other teams constantly in California. So, that it has a lot to do with it. And we always address that as a San Francisco thing. We never address that as an Oakland A's thing. Yeah. We never address that. We always say – Well, so, they, so, don't, they, don't, they don't fish in the same pond necessarily. For but that's lines, what but but. we've talked about. Oh, you build a new stadium. To, well, you'd be in the same, the same problems that these other teams do when you talk about – trying to land big free agents. But speaking of the A's and just having Bobby Crosby on and really thinking about it, because, there, you know, there was a lot of negativity to last season, obviously, but you got to watch some young players and see some young players and say, okay, there's a, there's a few guys that can play. You start looking around the division where we are on January 11th, you know, you know, Texas, we'll see. I'm obviously won the World Series. They're, they're going to be good. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen in Houston. I mean, obviously, no clue about Anaheim, right? And then you got Seattle. Is Their cable deal is a mess, and they were a team that's supposedly in a window, and they're dumping money. 
What do you think about right now, January 11th? What do you think about the AL West? Yeah, I mean, the Astros uh, still project on paper as a team that, you know, is going to be top five, top 10. Um, but I don't know. Every year, I believe that a little bit less um, as the, the core gets older. Um, I'm not sure that the younger players that are coming in um, are the same quality as the ones before. And also their player development system, they're changing it. They're losing guys. They lost a guy to the Giants. They lost a guy. They lost uh, Sarah Jealous, who's a, a great analyst, to the Pirates. They're losing. They're actually in the process of losing more uh, from my sourcing. So, like, there's a, a bit of a brain drain happening from the Astros. Um, and so uh, I think they're gettable. And um, the Rangers had this really weird thing where uh, not only did they kind of have a story, uh, a storybook ending to the season. I mean, they were a wild card that went through all the way through, um, but they have a weird, they lost Jordan Montgomery. They don't have any money. We're just talking about this with valleys. They couldn't really spend to, 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 you know, get new players and they still have Max Scherzer and, and DeGrom hurt for the first half of the season. So they're going to go into the season in, the, in their starting rotation, um, they're going to have Nathan Ivaldi, who's often hurt, John Gray, who was hurt to end the season, Dane Dunning, Andrew Haney, who's hurt all the time, and then a guy from their minor leagues uh, because Scherzer and DeGrom won't be ready. So it's not a great rotation. And so they seem gettable. The Mariners just spent the offseason cutting money. I mean, they did the paperclip game a million times where they, they traded and traded and traded, but it looks like the same team they were last year with different names on the back of the jerseys. Um, so I think they're, they're gettable. So I, I mean, I could see 88 wins winning this division and uh, you know, that would be a little bit of a surprise for the A's, but you know, they're, 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 they're ascending and it's, it's all young players. So, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not projecting anything. I'm just saying, A's are going to be better. Younger players are going to be better. It's going to be a – could be a far more interesting year than people have thought. That's all I'm going to say. My, my, my favorite player uh, on the A's is, is Joe Boyle. <laughs> the big kid, throws hard. I love his stuff. I know he has command issues, and, he's, and, and it's command issues with capital C, but this is the guy with the best stuff we've seen uh, in an A's jersey in a while, I think. And, uh, I mean, Mason Miller, but Joe Boyle can actually, uh, I think, start. I think Mason Miller is going to be their closer this year is my yeah. guess. So with those two, they have stuff that can bang with anybody. They just need to get some guys to to fall into place behind them. I think. Well, you just start thinking. I mean, like we were talking about, if you, if all of a sudden you see Noda and Geloff and Ruiz and Wolf Rooker has another, like you start putting it together and go, I see something. Mm-hmm. I see something that's going to be a lot better than because the projections of every everybody has just wanted to focus on. Vegas ballpark and no one wants to actually address what's happening with the actual team. And that to me is a good thing for Mark Kotze and his staff going into spring training. Fine. Don't focus on us because at some point you do have to play games. Yeah. I, I, I wish they had, um, you know, what's, what's interesting is they seem to have a lot of pitchers that either have command and wide arsenals and not much stuff or guys who have a lot of stuff, and no command. So they've got the Medina Boyle crew <laughs> and then they've got the more Sears Blackburn crew. Um, and, you know, it'd be great if they had somebody who had both. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, that's not that's not been uh, where they're shopping. So uh, I don't even do, know you, who has that anymore. You know, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, the average team's going to use 12 to 13 starters. Uh, you know, I, I think it's ridiculous the way we cover our game now. Like I was listening on, on uh, MLB radio, Sirius XM. They mentioned, oh, and that's going to be their five. I mean. Who uses five guys? No one's right. used five guys. The last time we saw, was it the uh, the Tigers in 2000 when they played us? Was it 2013? Oh, they actually got like 200 East for They only used seven guys. starting pitchers. That's the last team. Like everybody's going to go through a ton of start. No one has five. You've got to have double digits. It's just a reality. Yeah, the Dodgers actually, without anybody really noticing it, uh, half of their, uh, their pitchers – uh, pitched half of their games on extra rest. So they were de facto kind of doing a six-man rotation. They just didn't talk about it and call it that, and we didn't report on it that way, but it, that's what it was. So, yeah, you're going to expect that Kyle Muller, uh, Joey Estes, uh, when Freddie Tarnock gets healthy, you know, Hogan Harris, those guys, uh, you know, they're not necessarily on the top five in the depth chart to start the season, but they're going to matter. And, um, you know, so every everything you can get out of them. That's why I do think it was a big deal uh, that Pike Goldschmidt, the director of R&D, was put on a, a little bit of a player development uh, uh, track where that's that's more his focus right now. And uh, I think that's really important for them because, you know, more than almost any other team, the A's need to get as much as possible from the guys they already have. You know, so getting Hogan, the best out of Hogan Harris, getting the best out of Freddie Tarnock, that's going to be as important as who they trade for in the future or who they draft. Any of the big names that are still out there, are you shocked that they haven't signed, whether it's Snell, Hayter, Montgomery, uh, Bellinger, Chapman? Shocked that any of these guys haven't signed yet? It's January 11th. Yeah, I think the, the ones that do actually uh, surprise me a little bit are the closers because they're not waiting on Otani. Uh, they're not like, who who are they waiting for? Uh, you know, Hayter wants to beat the Edwin Diaz deal. You know, I guess maybe he's just waiting as long as possible to see if he can get it. And maybe he won't or he will. But uh, I'm a little, little surprised that Hayter hasn't signed. Snell uh, and Bellinger are really interesting. And Montgomery are really interesting because they lead the market right now. But they're not without questions. Cody Bellinger, you know, did have a great season last year, but he didn't hit the ball hard. It wasn't it wasn't MVP Bellinger. It was a new sort of version of Bellinger. So if you're signing him, you're worried. Is he going to come off a of center? Is the fact that he didn't hit the ball hard, is that going to come back to bite him? Snell was the Cy Young. And so you think, oh, you know, he should get whatever he wants. But he's also had like two out of every three seasons, he gets 120 innings. <laughs> So, you know, how worried are you about that? Montgomery just had this great run through the postseason. He struck out below average batters last year. And this is a league where everybody wants strikeouts. So the three best guys that are out there, they are interesting and good and will help teams, but they also have flaws. And so I think that's why teams are like, 
I, I know you're trying to tell me you're the best free agent left and you want the best, the money for the best free agent left. I'm trying to tell you that I see some flaws in, in what you're offering as well. Well, you know me, you know, I just, all I care about is stuff plus some barrel rates. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's, that's, that's what he asked me about you. That's what I say. That's all I, that's the only thing I think about. They go, well, this guy, I'm like, what's his barrel rate? What's his stuff? If, he, if you don't have his stuff plus, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I don't want to hear about it. But yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think Snell is like, finally, Hey, if we're going to pay a lot of money guy, we need some innings. Yeah. And he gives you 120, 130, 180. That's Ooh. that's what he's done every three seasons. Okay, if you're paying that kind of money and you only got 120, ouch. Um, Bellinger, keep hearing people don't like how hard he hits the ball. He had a rebound year. Where are you on Bellinger? I think it might be a trap. I mean, if he wants $200 million, I'm not giving it to him. Um, because I do care about things like Bell. Like, in fact, if somebody was <laughs> said something about Eno Saris, they might say he totally cares about his stuff plus barely. Um, uh, but like last year, it's gonna be he, on your tombstone. Stuff plus barrel worst, rate. <laughs> he had his worst barrel rate of his career. Like somehow he hit three hundred. Well, and, 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 uh, and, and beer will be on your yeah right. on your tombstone. Um, so I, I don't know about that. And it was also, um, you know, I do think he's been a good defensive center fielder, but he's not like a Kevin Kiermaier. So like, I don't think, I think at some point he's going to move off that. And so you're talking to me about a first baseman who doesn't hit the ball hard. That's a weird combination for me. And then Matt Chapman, it's like hell on wheels that first month after that, he was terrible. And clearly and he hits the ball really hard, but he strikes out a lot. It seems like he has a hole at the top zone, same hole that we saw developing in Oakland. He kind of brought it with him. You can pitch him high in the zone. You know, I, I like him though, because at least if you buy Chapman, you're buying some defense. It's like you're buying some of Bellinger's aspects, um, but you're doing it for a lot less. I expect him to, uh, you know, sign for 75, 80 million. How do, how do we judge? Cause that, this is an interesting one, Chapman, cause I believe, didn't he have the best barrel rate in baseball last year? Um, let me look that up. But... He's top three. He's one of the best. But it's like he never hits it, but when he does, he hits it hard. So Yeah, he was second to Shoy Otani. He yeah. was second? Okay, so he was second in barrel rates. Like, we care how hard you hit the ball, but yet he hit 206. Other than the first month, the entire year he hit 206, or some months he hit under 200. So as, an Ital as a talent evaluator – how do I really judge that? Like, I look at the bail rate and I go, it's outstanding. The problem is he doesn't make enough contact to make me really justify how hard he hits the ball. How do you, how do I mean, you, one of the, he, he, you know, he wasn't as bad as like a Jake Berger who struck out 33% of the time. Chapman struck out 28% of the time. So it's not terrible, but you're right. He, he misses the ball a fair amount. Uh, but you would say when he makes contact, he's good. He had a 330 OBP, so he gets on base. And then the big thing you would say is he didn't pull the ball. And so what can happen when you hit the ball really hard, but you don't pull it, is you're pushing it. And you're pushing it to the big part of the ballpark. And you're also, what you're doing is you're, you know this from golf, you're not hitting it flush. Yeah. You're, you're hitting it hard, but it's got that, what's it when it, when it's Fin to win, right, baby. Is that a hook or a fade? It's a fade, I, right? I can't see which, which way you're going. Well, like if I, right, if it's, it's spinning right away. If from you're me. going left to right spin like this, that is uh -huh. a fade. Yeah. So 
he's hitting fades. So he hits at 112, 1215 miles an hour. And that's great, but it, it performs more like a 100-mile-an-hour thing. Because and you're hitting it to so the deeper part of the par- ballpark because you're fading it. I got it. And yeah, you're hitting yeah, more yeah. into right so, center, and it's easier to get. Catch. But the nice thing is you look at Chapman's history, you might say, well, maybe that's due to injury or some sort of approach because he pulled the ball 48% of the time in 2022 and, and had more homers. So I think, you know, personally, I would expect him to hit 240 with like 25 homers next year and league-leading uh, defense and be kind of a three-win player. So, you know, that's a guy I'm interested in putting on my team. All right, the most important thing of this interview, it's cold. It's wintertime everywhere you go. It's cold all over the United States. It's it, – what what beer? When it is cold, when, when you are freezing cold, you know, what is the beer to be having at this time of the year? Because it does not feel like spring. We're not – we're in the dead of winter. Well, I got, I got one, and, and you can enjoy this one even. Uh, Guinness Zero. Uh, Guinness Zero is my favorite non-alcoholic beer. If you are doing dry January, uh, you can still get the feeling of a stout, a nice, thick, sort of homey, wintry feeling beverage. It has uh, zero alcohol, and uh, it is, I think, the best tasting non-alcoholic beer out there. Uh, so I think that's a good way to do all things. If you if you aren't doing dry January, then just get a regular, I think, porter. Uh, you don't have to go into 15% and blast yourself to the moon you can get a nice porter six percent gives you that that uh that thick kind of i'm by the fire feeling oh so i mean thick winter thicker in the winter yeah put on that winter weight all right good good stuff we miss you yeah yeah, well, it's happy be a new while. year. Merry Christmas. We miss yeah, you. All those things. <laughs> get your lights down. <laughs> happy uh, get your lights down. <laughs> wait, are, are you getting your uh, spring training stuff ready to rock? I am. And I took a year off of Arizona last year. And I think I'm going to undo that error and and uh, and say goodbye to Florida. Uh, Florida is more expensive. It's more humid. It's harder to get around. You can't see as many stadiums. You can't get to as many players, uh, you know, you're dealing with spring breakers. Uh, I think I'm, I'm back to Arizona. All right. So we'll see you over at Ho-Ho Cam then. That's right. We'll talk to you before then though, but uh, thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. The great Eno Saris. Play the man's. The Eno Saris show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company with eight tap room locations in Northern California. Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.